You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 263. I'm Tim Robertson. David Cohen is here. So uh, last week, obviously, we were live from our hotel room before yep. the Macstock conference actually. Was that the, it was before, right? It was or was before, that after? Yeah, it was the day before. It was the day before. And so that was Friday. Well, today is Sunday. Yeah. Uh, back-to-back episodes of Tech Fan. But you, you realize we're doing this, it's going to be like three weeks before we actually sit down to record a Tech Fan podcast. Yeah, back in the in the live studio setting. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to live <laughs> sat across from each other setting. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of like this better, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is you and I sitting in the same place. Yeah. Actually, being able to look at each other—that's not a video screen. You, like, we don't even do video when my internet connection is not good enough for us to do video. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so we thought it—you know—we're going to have some different people. I can't even tell you who we're going to have on this episode, but we're going to kind of do a little bit of a round robin, grab people, talk to them. It yeah. might just be me and that person. It might be just David and that person, or it might be the both of us talking with someone. Yeah. Uh, but you know. Uh, I hear a sound. That's a weird sound. It's almost like a click, click, click sound. I don't know where it's coming from. Oh, it stopped. I know you can't see. David doesn't have the headphones on, I do. I can't hear anything except the air conditioner behind me. Yeah, it, it is a little loud too, isn't it? So, day one is over. We've got day two ahead of us, and it's only half a day. Yeah. What is... I was at MaxDoc last year. Mm-hmm. This is your first MaxDoc. What was your impressions of the show um i really enjoyed myself um i i I didn't really know what to expect but it's been it's been a really interesting experience the uh the speakers we've had have been um pretty much all really interesting very diverse group of people uh, lots of different topics covered. Some stuff that I've probably never looked into before, which was interesting for me. Mm-hmm. There was um, there was one about OmniPlan and um, getting things done. Not OmniPlan, sorry, OmniFo- OmniFocus. Right. And getting things done yesterday that really intrigued me. It's not something I've ever really looked at before. Um, and kind of the, there's a real social aspect to the show that's really, really cool. You know? Yeah, you're seeing a lot of people that you don't normally see, or yeah. some people you've never met in person. No. Absolutely, and so you get that opportunity. And it, and yesterday wasn't just Mac Stack; it was also the Mac Barbecue afterwards. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. It I had was, a good time. yeah, it was. It was good, good times. We talked about a lot of things. I've I've talked to a lot of people about Brexit. A yeah, lot of people are very interested in my perspectives. It's interesting to me to come to somewhere like this. This is a very rural part of um, northern of Chicago northern, land area. Yeah, northern Illinois, and um, it's interesting to see how people live and, and work out here, and also people who've travelled an awful long way to come to this show. You know, I flew a long way, but uh, there are people who've driven nine, ten hours to come to this, so uh, they're really interested in being here and. Those that sort of commitment and enthusiasm is uh, is kind of infectious. That's really nice. It is. Um, Mike Potter, who is he? This is his show. He's yeah. the one who started it. Uh, I've talked quite a bit with him. We're becoming pretty good friends. Yeah. Uh, I met him because of MaxDoc last year, and um, we're going to have more involvement. Um, Tech fan will as well as. And probably more so mymac.com. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna actually help a little bit more next year as far as uh, finding some partners. But more right. importantly, for this conversation, um, we already know two things: speakers that's going to happen next year. Yeah, uh, one of them, Guy Searle and I are going to. And if anybody listens to the MyMac podcast, you already know this. Uh, back a couple for a couple years at. Um, MacWorld Expo, Guy Searle and I did the Mac quiz, or the Apple quiz. That's right, yeah. It's going to be called the MyMac quiz here. <laughs> Got to get the promotion. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to do that on the stage next year. It's probably going to be like a half hour to 40 minutes. It's going to be longer than most. But it's going to be a very fun quiz show. The flip side of that, there's going to be a very technical non-Mac or Apple talk next year, and that is... that's the. I'm going to do something on the Raspberry Pi. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, a subject that the people that come to this would be very interested in, and yeah. you're very knowledgeable. So Adam Christensen yesterday did a um, talk. Adam Christensen is the host of the MacCast. Right. Um, he did a talk on kind of, it was educationally themed, but it was about 
um, using educational products with your Apple devices to engage with your kids. And he showed some kind of maker-type stuff, mm -hmm. you know, these kind of um, bits that you can get that have sensors and interfaces on. You can kind of bolt them together and plug them uh, or drive them with a, with an iPhone and with scripting languages. So the languages. Spiro, which is what that little uh, uh, guy yeah. from, what was it, a BB-8? From, from BB-8 is yeah. based on, yeah. It's a little um, Bluetooth-controlled robot, but you can program it. You can write... <laughs> very simple block-based programs that you can make it do things. And, and that's great for kids. But it got me thinking as well, seeing um, you brought your uh, your arcade cabinet that you built. The, I did. The little portable one. Um, I didn't bring it for MaxTalk. No, I really brought, brought it to show, me, to show right? David because yeah. we've talked about it here on this yeah. podcast a number of times. It was still back at the hotel yesterday, and I asked David, do you think I ought to go get it? People might like it. And he was like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I went and got it. I actually brought it up on stage with me when I did the roundtable yeah. and talked about it for maybe two minutes. Yeah. Um, but And so afterwards, a lot of people came over and played it and wanted to talk about it. And, and that was and fun. that got me thinking because people were interested in how you built it. Right. And, it and has it, nothing to do with Apple. Yeah, exactly. So people are... You know, People who come to a show like this, they're not just Apple fans, they're tech fans. Right. And so got me thinking... That'd well, be a good name for a show. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Huh. It got me thinking maybe we should try and broaden this out a little bit and talk about some things that people here will be interested in. I thought the Raspberry Pi was a natural and, um, yeah, something I'm interested in and I like to play around with, so I uh, figured I'd do that. I'll be honest with you, David. I, as much as I like Mac stock, I think that it is kind of rooted here, and I think something like this expanded a little bit not just apple focused but tech focused tech fan expo uh, i'm liking the sound of that you know where, where 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 we start <laughs> we could do something on kickstarter actually <clears throat> where we pick a location and we have people come up like you that's talking about the raspberry kind of not a maker fair but it does have that focus yeah. as well i think something like that would be great complement to mac stock absolutely yeah you know, kind of sister shows and and we were talking over breakfast breakfast this morning because breakfast John, uh, brexit. brexit brexit we were talking over brexit this morning <laughs> uh, where half of us yeah. on the table decided to leave <laughs> um john nemo who's here um by the way he picked up breakfast yeah that's nice of nice guy yeah, yeah. that's like 50 bucks man mm -hmm. yeah but he's a you know he's a he's a generous guy generous guy he, he said to me he said oh you know uh, I've, I've gotten a lot out of um, my Mac and tech fan over the years. You know, Tim and Guy has been really good to me. So he, it was his pleasure. So yeah, he's, it, it was a hell nice. of a guy. Yeah. But he, he was asking about the Raspberry Pi. He didn't know an awful lot about it. And so, um, yeah, I think I think that the, the Raspberry Pi is it's not an off-the-shelf consumer product. It's, it's, it's like the old computers where you buy it, but then you have to think about what you're going to do with it. And, and my point was, it's not even just that. I also think Raspberry Pi, with, with its popularity and versatility, is something that will drive other things, like a, a really high-end television that it's it's really a Raspberry Pi with a great screen. Yeah. It's, it's something that more and more people are probably going to have contact with maybe without even knowing that's right so yeah. i think your talk would be kind of really good timing absolutely um and I, I think of interest to people and that's the important thing is you want you want to talk about something that people can find stimulating interesting and going to get engaged with so yeah. i hope that uh, certainly mike who who runs the show here was very enthusiastic it was interesting for me to to talk to him about it because then we we started talking about the old days of computing. Yeah, he it got started out, on the Z80. Yeah, he. It turns out he's a real fan of the, uh, of particularly the British eight-bit computing scene, and he's got, he's got machines that I'd love to have. He's got a. You were yeah. talking about a story that you never mentioned on the podcast that your dad called and said your was it your grandmother or your uh, aunt? It was my aunt. Yeah. She, yeah. This was this was really strange. This was uh, about uh, 12, 18 months ago. Uh, my dad called me and said, uh, "I've got something for you that my aunt, uh, your aunt, found in her house." And she, she's lived in the States for a long time, but they have an apartment in Manchester. And so I went, oh, okay, I'll, I didn't have the first clue what it was. And I go over to pick it up, and it's this box, kind of the size of a couple of shoeboxes. And it has my 15-year-old writing on it with my name and address. So it's obviously yours. Yeah, so I recognized it straight away. And I thought, well, I recognized the box anyway, but I wasn't really sure what was in it because I couldn't believe what I thought was in it and turned out what it was. It was my original 8-bit Acorn Electron 
computer. That's awesome. Yeah. It still um, works. It still works. All the original accessories, it was basically like it. And, and I don't know how my, I don't know how my aunt got hold of it. I don't know. I must have lent it to her and forgotten about it. Did or, you ever spend the night over there or anything? Or? Don't think so, no. I, no I, I wouldn't have. That's not the sort of thing I would have taken over and set up, really. So I have no idea how it ended up there. I, I kind of, you know, the, um, the way memory works, you get older. I'd always assumed I'd sold it. Yeah, um, there it at is. At some point. You won't and, sell it now, will Oh, you? no, definitely not. I set it up, and um, you can get the old software for it online, and then the, the, it didn't have a disk drive, this machine. At first, I did have a disk drive for it at one point, but um, originally it came just with a cassette interface. That's right. how this, this machine came out in 1983, 1984. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's 30 years old. Yeah, still works fine. But... The hard thing is getting a TV to hook up to it. Yeah, the modern TVs. Yeah, like an RF or a composite output, and you can't find those anymore. Right. Managed to get it going on an old CRT and uh, downloaded some software off the web, and you could get a converter that turned it into an audio file that would play in through the cassette port. You could, I bet if you looked long enough, you could probably find. An adapter, so you can plug an SD card in it. That's yeah. That's, I know they do that with the Commodore. Yeah. I know they do the old uh, the ColecoVision computer, uh, Atari 800s. I, I, there's little cars that you can buy that that's basically right, has yeah. every single game ever made. I'm sure, which is yeah. still no space at all. As I said, you, I used to have for it um, this. I'm pretty sure I did sell. I used to have a three and a half inch floppy drive for this mm-hmm. machine that was like a big add-on that plugged on the back. So I'm sure you can get something like that now that takes SD. Um, or a flash drive or something, and you have all the software you want on there. So, uh, but I set it up and I played played some See software into Nemo it first. See if you can find Nemo too. Sorry, that's okay. So I, I played some software into it through my iPhone. Did you remember how to? Yeah, use I remember. No, I remembered all the commands. It was I remembered how to load software onto right. it. Loaded a game up, showed it to my son. He was completely nonplussed. No, and I said to him. I said, you this. You turn this thing on, and you have to start typing and program it to make it do anything. Well, you, you would know. have been. Now you'd probably been a little bit older than him at that point, right? Because he's yeah. well, he's thirteen. No, no, yeah, twelve. I, I got that computer about his age. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it probably would have been close to his yeah. age. Yeah, but but um, they're so I, the experiences that they have using technology is so different than what yeah, we had. You know, you can't. They can't comprehend how excited we c- would have been and could have been over something like that compared to what they have now. Yeah, I suppose in in some respects, I mean, it, it's just his his experience is different. But he, as excited as he gets over building a world in Minecraft, right, is how excited I would have been to Oregon Trail or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. not even that. To turn on that computer and and you know start typing in a listing from a from a magazine. But Mike and I were talking about that. He said, "Oh, I remember." You know, typing in listings for uh, the Spectrum and the Commodore 64, and then you'd have to debug them because you'd mistyped some assembler code or something like that, and then the, the program wouldn't work, and you had to figure out what was going on. Right. So, um, yeah, good times. So what we're doing here is we're actually at the convention center at this um, Lucent Conference Center at McHenry County College. And it's, we, like we said, it's northern Chicagoland area. But we're in basically the, the lunchish room, or however you want to call it. But David and I aren't really alone in this area. There's a lot of activity, and we're actually using Guy Searle's iRig setup, and it's some mics from him going directly into my iPhone. It's a really simple app. I've talked about it here before called Dropbox. I just hit a record button. It records. I'm actually monitoring it with headphones, which I usually don't do when I'm recording. And when I'm done, I just hit the record button, and boom, it goes up to my Dropbox. So it's not actually stored on this iPhone, which to me is great. My computer is actually still running at home. I didn't put it to sleep or anything. So everything I've done recording-wise, is it's already wait, at home waiting yeah. for me. But because of this kind of open nature of where we're recording, when David and I started, it was just the two of us sitting here. Now we have Guy Searle, and we have John Nemo have joined us you probably heard them moving the chairs around you're gonna have to choke up on the mic a whole lot here okay let, me, let me let me back up a little bit so nemo yes tim have you it's been a while <laughs> since you've been on tech fan yes it's been a long yeah. time so but you couldn't make it yesterday so you you're 
just got here. That's you, right. You've probably seen the coverage online. What do, you, what do you think so far? I think the pictures are great, and I think it's a real sense of community. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. You're uh, you're going to be talking at... Uh, 11 o'clock. Uh, it's an hour and 10 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. What is your talk uh, going to be about? Well, it's... Uh, Maybe get a little bit that. closer oh, to the mic. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Uh, it's going to be on mobile podcasts and using a lot of the equipment that you're currently using right now. Awesome. You're going to do demonstrations up there? and There's really not going to be time um, to tell people about the equipment. You can have David Kong go up there with you, and he could do like the Banner right, White, thing, <laughs> yeah. waving at the stuff and pulling I'd, it out. I'd like to buy a vowel, Steve. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to talk about the hardware. I'll, I'll talk about the apps. Uh but because of all the, the, the really various different ways that you can record, and, you know, when you're talking about recording audio, there, there's so many different ways to do it, yeah. whether you're talking about desktop or whether you're talking about mobile, that to get down to the nitty-gritty as far as applications... You can't do it in 20 you, minutes. You can't do it in 20 this minutes. This is a broad and nice overview. Right. But, right, but why so. do you change your recording setup more often than you change your socks? Because I only guys have in, one pair of socks. <laughs> but, but Guy's also in love with the process. Yeah, I am. And, and the mechanics of the podcast, not just the actual. So I'm more interested in the end result, which is I'm talking to David or you two here. That's what I'm more interested in, and Guy's more interested in, not more, but more than me, the mechanics of it. So that's got, why you use the same equipment. I've got the same equi- the, yeah. equipment that I, I've been I using since 2005. I constantly change yeah. my stuff. But having said that, if if you didn't do that, guy, if you weren't trying things out, we wouldn't be sat here recording right now because you've got this well, amazing I mean, little Dave, portable equipment to do it with. Dave, David, or David, Tim would have. I'd have brought more stuff. He, yeah, he'd have, he'd have brought I, more I stuff. I just knew he was bringing this, so I was like, oh, I'm not going to bring all this. Well, like, for example, when I was recording uh, the, the MyMac podcasts yesterday, I did I did two MyMac podcasts, and then uh, I was finally able to, to connect back up with Gaz after I'd finished the second one via Skype. So I recorded one more kind of tiny one. So there'll be uh, MyMac podcast 614 either, well, probably Monday after Tim gets home, uh, there's, there'll be a short one that we'll probably release during the week. I'll, I'll figure that out yeah, later. Yeah, special edition. Yeah, just yeah, a little yeah. Mac stock thing. And then uh, my Mac 615 will be out next weekend. Right. So uh, it's it's cool how you can do all of this remotely and get pretty good relatively results. good results. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that that has really really made it good. Uh, certain companies like Audio Technica, these microphones that we're using, is the ATR twenty one hundred USB, and the the great thing about this microphone is its versatility. I mean, it, it sounds like a, it sounds pretty good for for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively cheap mic. It's like fifty to seventy dollars, depending on where and when you buy it. But not only does it have XLR, which we are using right now into the IK Media Multimedia uh, iRig Pro Duo, uh, it also has USB outputs. So if you can basically take this from uh, a little portable setup like this and then turn around and plug it into your computer directly and do it that way. So you can use an external device that uses XLR or you can use this same microphone and connect it up via USB. But where's the actual power? Is there a battery in this? There's a battery. Yeah, there's there's two um, uh, AA's in there. But there's also, and the cool thing about this device as well is that now they don't give you the, the the little transformer for power, but you can use you know you can buy these these multi-phase, multi-output transformers right. from anywhere, and uh, they usually come with a bunch of different heads because nobody uses the same inputs no, for power. Not. And plug it right in, and you've got you can run it for as long as you want. You don't have to rely on battery power. So what's new with you and technology, John? Well, it's been a great year for me because in my work, which is a personal technology tutor, I've had a lot of small group workshops and they all come to me now. Yeah, Southern Arizona has, covers a lot of ground and it's really wonderful to have people come to my little studio for classes on iPad, iPhone. They bring their Macs sometimes, their Mac laptops, and it means that I do much less driving and a lot more efficient tutoring. In addition, for my Mac people, 
I've been using TeamViewer almost exclusively for remote tutoring. And I know you're involved with TeamViewer, David. Yep. And so I'm literally many places at once without leaving home because people come to me and because I can be anywhere in the world pretty much using TeamViewer for the Mac stuff. And I've developed a nice following of people help me as assistants. And then when I do my public teaching in sort of a community college type setting, the people who come to my weekly workshops, they come as assistants, like junior professors. So they get, awesome. to, learn. So yeah. they get to learn by becoming teachers. And they say, oh, I don't know anything. I won't be any good. Before you know it, they're helping all the newcomers. It's so, so much more easier than cloning. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, as a personal technology tutor, a sort of a freelance educator, it's a great time to be in some, personal tech. Someone told me that you're, you're kind of semi-retired now, that you've actually given up some of your clients because you just don't have the time to, to do it. Correct. And I've been able, I've had the luxury to be able to use Roger Harmon from the Tucson Mac User Group, and you talked to Bob Wood yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, Bob Wood is here from the Tucson Mac User Group. He's our president, and Roger Harmon is one of our longtime members. Roger handles a lot of my technical stuff, and Melissa Davis, who's here at the Mac Mommy, She's here at the conference also. She's local to Tucson. Yeah, they spoke. She and Jody Spangler spoke yesterday. And Jody Spangler is actually in my area, right? Yeah. West Michigan. Melissa handles a lot of my tutoring stuff when yeah. I'm not able to do it. So it's great to be able to spread it around, help other people. Tucson has a really good presence here, don't they? Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. See, they're even plotting. <laughs> anyway, and so for me personally, Tucson, Tucson. So for me personally, I'm using an iPhone six, and I'll be ready for the seven. I've got... Uh, i got to say something real quick, oh. because I see Victor walking over there. Oh, Victor! I, is there any chance I can get Guy and you to recreate what happened last night? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, got a, I've got a video. Hi, Victor. <laughs> Hi, Victor. It's, John it's the, Great to see you. <laughs> it's the karaoke episode of uh, Tech Fan Podcast. <laughs> You're trying hard not to show it. <laughs> Baby, but baby, baby, you know it. You've lost that love and feeling. Oh, that love and feeling. Everybody, you've lost that love and feeling. No, it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just like our audience. No, absolutely not. Thank you, Victor. <laughs> anyway, personally, I'm using the <laughs> Yeah, right back into it, John. Right, exactly. John is the, the master of the Segway. <laughs> I got my iPhone 6, and I have a little battery charging it up while I'm talking. That's good. So I've got a battery that has a lightning cable. Is it duct tape? <laughs> it's a lightning cable coming right out of it, which is nice. Yeah. And then... Uh, I, I've got some little red tube stick thing that I use for mine, and... Yeah, it works. You know what? You I, I, when I was, I was had that incredibly obnoxiously long wait in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I knew that my phone was going to die. Sure. So I, I went to one of those from depression or. <laughs> well, that's every day. It's Kansas City. I can't. No, yeah, it's no more. I'm, I'm guy's iPhone. I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> Tell him to shave. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I was going to run out of power, so I went to a, a store there and I bought a Mofi juice pack. Right. right there on the spot. Right there on the spot. Yeah, they're all. But there it, was there's there so was many like, places I get that in yeah. airports now. Yeah. There was a little kiosk that for like twenty bucks, you bought this this little power tube, and it had both mini USB and lightning connectors on it, so mm -hmm. you could recharge your thing. When you were done and it was discharged, you could take it back to any of these kiosks. It scans like a barcode or something. You put it in and it pops out a brand new one. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a great service. Yeah. yeah. Especially for I, the and traveler. I wish I had seen that before I bought the freaking $100 Mofi juice pack. Yeah. yeah. So I do want to uh, thank our sponsor here, David. Who's that? Uh, it is MacSales.com. Yep. Now, Guy and I were both uh, speakers this year. So we got, as speakers, you know, mm -hmm. we get special little treats. Uh, our special little treat from OWC is uh, they give us lightning Lightning okay. cables yeah, from newer nice. technology. This is these are braided. braided. Yeah, they're really yeah. nice. Braided I like, cables. You got the blue one too, didn't you? Yes, I did. I, I, I like got this mine lot. first. I don't know if I'm going to put this in my car. It's one meter long, so it's got some Three distance. Feet. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put it in my car because I kind of like the black one in the car. It blends in more with. And if this is this blue cable, someone walking by, steal it's really me, gonna, yeah, steal, steal me. me. Yeah. 
but uh, so I think, it, but being braided, it's not going to, you know, bind up and yeah. So it's a great cable. Obviously, I worked at OWC, so I know all about these. I really like them. I think I'm going to use this at home, though. I think I'm going to put this in my iOS and, and Android and well, most, tablet most people tray. that have have families with multiple phones. Yeah. Um, if if they're not in the Android camp, if they're in the iPhone camp, there's probably two, three, four, you know, well, five I devices. This, that I have use this Power Logistics cables. shelving unit. I talked about it on on uh, Tech Fan yeah, maybe two yeah. years ago. And it's got like six shelves on it. Mm-hmm. It's got power built in. So you just have to plug this thing in, and then you plug it, everything into the little plugs in but there. That's more for like a school, though, isn't it? It is. But when you're me and you have two iPad, three iPads, you've got a bunch of iPhones going all the way back to the original. Right. You've got Android. You've got the Fire tablets from Amazon, Kindles. Bluetooth Bluetooth headphones, and you'll be having a lot more of those in the future. Yeah. Well, they don't yeah, really but those fit are usually like either mini or micro USB. But, but yeah. the neat thing is, I don't want on the shelf. I've kind of got it set up so some plugs are just charging, but some plugs are pass throughs syncing to the computer. Cool. So how do you know which is which? I'm the one who set it up, but even I can't remember. Color coded so cable. color coded cables yeah. from OWC work perfect. So if someone's interested in having Cables that just charge or sync, but and you want to be able to tell them apart. Yeah. Go to MaxSales.com and pick up some of the. And the braided ones are just really mm, superior. Yeah. yeah. yeah I no. just stick my tongue on them, and if I see something if on the computer, sh- or if it then I know, you I know it's one of the yeah. sinking ones. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let's take our uh, first break here, and uh, we'll find some other people to talk to. People that haven't been on Tech Fan in the past. Guy's <laughs> got about an hour to get ready. So he's got to go put on the wig and uh, the stockings. And uh, we'll be right back. And then I'm moving my whole base of operations to Universal Studios. <laughs> Old guys wandering around. I just can't imagine what could possibly, possibly go wrong. <laughs> We're watching you, too. Yeah. We're the clueless hosts of the MyMac podcast. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. Tell me about it. (laughs) People like us. Apparently, people like to respond on Facebook to hairy, bald guys who said stupid things. That's not good. Why don't you bring us in? And um, I'm still here with John Nemo, a guy and and uh, Tim have stepped out for a moment to feed their nicotine addictions. But, um, John, you want to talk to me about uh, the Mac Pro, the Cheese Grater Mac Pro. Yes. Now, yours is a 2007, correct? That's right, yeah. Mine is a 2008. Mm-hmm. What's the difference as far as end of life and future life? Okay, so yours, 2008, um, as long as it's beyond kind of the March 2008, that would be the, if you go into um, system preferences and about this computer, it mm-hmm. would be listed as a Mac Pro 3.1. Three so comma three, one. Three comma one. Now the three comma one was the first machine. Um, well, the the one 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 and the two one of, were effectively the same board, and they had a thirty two bit BIOS, uh, EFI BIOS, uh, and the older type of processors on them, and that meant that they were only officially supported by Apple up to Lion. Uh, the three one is the first one that was supported later than that, and up until recently, it supported. Uh, I believe it supported pretty much everything up to El Capitan. Correct. Though you ha- you might have had difficulties with older graphics cards. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, that machine though will not be supported by macOS Sierra. You have to go later. So I'm done at Captain Kirk. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the. As as I've said before on the show, the older ones, the the one one, the two one, the two thousand six, two thousand seven, you can get to run uh, El Capitan by changing the um, somebody recompiled the, mm-hmm. the boot right. file and um, changing the graphics card. And I've, the one I've got actually does that. The problem, of course, then is every time you update that machine, you right. have to mess around with it again. The other issue is sometimes you change the graphics card. The graphics card itself doesn't support Apple's kind of pre-boot environment. So you don't get the gray screen with the Apple on it. Hmm. It means you can't use recovery mode and all that sort of thing um, because you can't see what you're doing. So those are some of the limitations. But, uh, you know, if you have a 3.1 or later, 
then then yes you can run up to El Capitan and, and yeah you might have to change the graphics card but that's about it how many versions of the cheese grater giant Mac Pro are there starting from 2008 or nine? how, so, how long so they did went, it they went the, there was a 3, and then the six one was actually the uh, the trash can one. Okay, so, so three they went, they, one, yeah, they one, five one. Yeah, I think the two. I think two thousand and ten model, which is the five one, that kind of went up until I think I think it was about two, late two thousand eleven before they changed that out for the for the trash can. So that's if you want one that's easily expandable then that's not really the ideal one to go for because it has all the latest stuff on it before they went to the, the trash can style. And obviously, it's still got the big case, so you can still put loads of drives inside it. You can put... Interesting enough, I was talking to um, the guy here at Max Sales from OWC yesterday about putting an SSD into mine, and he said to me, he said, oh, don't put an SSD into the drive bays. I was after a drive bay expander to put the SSD in there. He said, I wouldn't do that. I'd put it on a PCI card and actually put it in Stick one it of the, the slots back. because you'll get far better performance off the PCI bus than you'll get through the drive interfaces. So um, that's a, that was quite, I'd not thought of that, so that was quite a good tip because he, you know, he says, with SSDs, you know, otherwise the, the SSD won't run at full capacity. So. And how difficult is it to configure or install those things in the back of the case and how smart or geeky do you need to be to pull it off? You know what, it's really easy. Because it's an Apple product, it's really easy. To open up the Mac Pro, you just pull a handle at the side uh, and take the side, whole side of the case off. You just have to wash. <laughs> I once did that um, a couple of weeks ago. I was putting put something there. And because that p- big piece of aluminium on the side is sharp at the corners, I, I ripped my trousers as I took it off. <laughs> sort of tearing Aluminum. them by the, Yeah. <laughs> And by the end of the day, you know, I kind of had a big hole running all the way down <laughs> to my knee. Um, so you've got to watch it for that. And once you've done that, if you want to put something in the slots, there's two little thumb screws and there's like a, a, a retention plate that goes on the side and protects all the slots. So you don't need to use a screwdriver or anything. It's really easy. You do it easy. from the inside out? You do, yeah, you just basically, you, you do this on the inside. It's all exposed there. If you want to put RAM in the machine, there's a like a RAM tray. You just pull it out mm-hmm. and you can put it in there. And um, the drive, putting new drives is really easy because there's, there's like these metal sleds. You just bolt the drive to the sled, and then you just push it in and out, and it's um, really easy to do. The only thing you have to watch for is if you buy a used Mac Pro, you'll often open it up and then find that the sleds are all missing. Only the drive that's in there has a sled, and then they're missing, and, and they can be sometimes difficult to get hold of. You've then got to go trawling around eBay. So if you are buying a used Mac Pro, um, always open it up and make sure there's enough sleds in there for the number of drives you're planning to put in there. Now, at what point do you just say, forget it, I've had it, and just get an iMac instead and not bother with this giant hunk of metal? Well, I think if you're not, if you don't think you're going to expand the machine, you're not bothered about putting extra drives or changing things around in it, then an iMac makes sense as long as you don't mind being, you, you know, you're wedded to the screen that comes with it then. And if the screen blows then, you know, the whole machine is a write-off. The advantage of a, of a Pro, for me, is that it's uh, you can hook whatever screen you want to it. You know, if you want to have a small screen on there or three screens, um, if you want lots of screens, lots of, if, if you're into mm-hmm. expandability, the Mac yeah. Pro is the machine to have. And for me today, unless you really need ultimate performance, I think the far better value is by an older-used cheese grater rather than buy a, a, new tr- a newer trash can, particularly as it's not been updated for three years. Now, Guy, can you scoot in here? Is yours an 09, your cheese grater giant Mac Tower? Uh, the one I current Can you hear me? Yeah. The one I currently have is a 2010 four-core. Okay. Right. So would that be a four? Uh, that's a 5.1, is it? That's the most, yeah, it's a 5.1. It's the latest one they did before they went to the trash yeah, can. The, yeah, the 2010 to 2012 Mac Pros were essentially the same model. Yeah. So you've got, you've, got, yeah. you've got the top of the line as far as that particular no, product. No, no, no. That, mine's only a 4-core. You could get up to a 12-core. Yeah. But the advantage is if you have one of those machines, you can buy those processors online yeah. and you can just put them in. No. And they're not hugely expensive either. It's a little bit fiddly to do. But um, if you really want like loads and loads of processing power, you can go out and buy those processors and put them in the in the machine. But honestly, you don't really have to. No. I mean these are these are Xeon class Intel processors. So yeah. yeah. Even doing multi-track audio like what I do with mine, and I've got audio hijack going, I've got mm-hmm. loopback going, I've got GarageBand going, uh, I've got a, a two terabyte SSD in it with 16, either 16 or 32 gigs of RAM. I can't remember off the top of my head. And the, the thing f- flies. Yeah. yeah. 
12 core is really overkill because there's nothing you can run on OS 10 that will max those will have enough threads to max all those well, cores out. I can I can think of some stuff with like Final Cut Pro. Well, I've seen some some guys who've tried really tried to push it to the edge, and they they still find they've got one or two cores sat there doing nothing because <laughs> because the pro the programs just aren't optimized for yeah. taking advantage of that many processors at once. Now I'm, a board, s- I'm a board core. <laughs> <laughs> now in my situation where I've got an 08 model that's that's end of cycle at El Capitan. Yep. Yeah. Do you recommend I just give that away or donate somewhere or use it for some other purpose and just get one closer to guys so I since I so I can continue to do what I'm doing with the heavy artillery. If if you want to run Sierra, you're gonna need probably at least a two thousand ten Mac Pro. If yeah. you're if you're if looking I'm really at gonna, just having the Mac Pro. Yeah. If I'm really gonna do it, do but it right. If you're if if it's just running the software you run today, mm-hmm. I mean that that machine's going to yeah. have a lot, a lot of life in it. So unless you want those extra features, the thing as well to um, to think about is if you want some of these continuity features that are coming with Sierra, yeah, to be able to unlock machine with an, an Apple Watch or to be able to yeah. cut and paste between iOS and Mac devices, then you also need to make sure that the the uh, the older machines sometimes don't support all those newer Sierra features. I, I would actually suggest John at this point not going with a a 2010 cheese grater. I would, if I were you, I would actually start looking at maybe a 21 inch iMac. Mm-hmm. I think you would have. I think you'd be a lot happier. It's a lot faster than that cheese grater, and it's going to last you another six years. Mm-hmm. As long as the screen or the GPU or something like that goes doesn't go out, you're just going to have better luck long term with this year's low end iMac. That that would okay. be a, a much and, and better. And the other solution. thing to remember with that as well is remember that. These all have Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt ports, so yeah. if you want to connect up another screen to it, you right. easily can. Yeah. I, that's my next question, because I've got a gigantic 30-inch screen on this cheese grater, and I could put umpteen more screens on there if okay, I wanted what, what are the uh, inputs for it? It's, it's a Mac. It's an Apple. No, no, you can't connect that to the iMac. Is it HDMI? Yeah, it's a, or yeah, it's a 27-inch cinema display. It's got that breakout box with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can't connect that to the iMac. Okay, so I, I've the got plenty of other screens. Right yeah. I've got. I mean, I've got lots of screens. Right. But between okay. the 21-inch, the resolution you're going to get compared to what you can get now, you're actually going to have more screen real estate, and you just slap another 21 or even a 27-inch next yeah, to it. Yeah, which you're, I have. You're going to have more than more than you need. The thing is, you do a lot of tutoring. Yes. You want to tutor on more current hardware, right? Yes. Which what other people hardware. are probably going to that, that has become a problem. Yeah. Right. And so that, mm-hmm. that's why. I mean, you could go with a 27-inch iMac, but the price difference between a 21 and a 27 for your needs. Yeah. I know what your needs are. Yeah. The 21 is a better. Since I already have a great big screen, you don't need the 27. The 20, okay. The 21-inch iMac is more of a machine than, than you really need, but it's going to future-proof you mm-hmm. yeah. for the next five years. And, and if you go with a 2010 cheese grater Mac Pro, you're going to be looking to upgrade that again in a year. And load it up with RAM. Especially load load that 21 up with RAM. Right. And yeah. What, yeah, and you're going to have to order it that way because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you can't, Apple's yeah, that's the There's no slots in it. Okay, but... Yeah. The only thing I'd say is if you are going to buy a new machine, hold off a few months <laughs> because right. we, we, we're all hoping that... Mach- that come September time, before uh, before the holiday period comes in, that Apple's going to up- upgrade the uh, upgrade the hardware. So we're going to take another brief break and see if we can rope somebody else in to uh, talk to us about their experiences. And uh, we'll Thanks be back everybody in a moment for your suggestions on that. Hey everybody, I'm back here with um, with all God, of you at Next Stop. So exciting! Yes, <laughs> and we're getting we're getting harassed by the uh, by the mob here. But I'm actually joined by a fellow British person, Don McAllister, who's just hot off the stage at Maxstock, yeah. having done his presentation this morning. How did it go? Hi, David. Yeah, we went great. Uh, I've been uh, fretting about it as you do. You know, uh, even though I did the screencast every week, it's still uh, it's still a different ball game. When we know it's in front we of know line. that you're a perfectionist, on That's why. That's also yeah. a problem. And also, yeah. I like to animate all the things. So yeah. I spent much too long doing keynote. Uh, uh, yeah, I noticed you had some pretty spectacular <laughs> keynote transitions <laughs> yeah. on there. But it was an interesting topic. It was uh, you know the secrets of accessing the iOS file system. Yeah, or, or the uh, at least the bits we can get to anyway. <laughs> 
yeah. yeah, it's it's still a huge topic um, of confusion and frustration for people. You know how to <laughs> uh, how to access files because we still really have no exposed file system. So yeah. the session really was to uh, demonstrate in a bit more depth how the um, the document picker works and some of the core concepts behind iCloud Drive folders and local drives and um, the, the cloud the alternative cloud based solutions as well. So I, I do sometimes wonder with the file system in iOS that perhaps because so many people rely on Dropbox mm-hmm. um, I mean if Dropbox were to ever go out of business or be acquired and then kind of wound down yeah. um, it would be kind of a disaster but but maybe the, the availability of Dropbox holds Apple back from actually really going full on with exposing the file system yeah possibly um, but again I mean, I'm, a, I'm a huge Dropbox fan I use it all the time yeah. um, but again it, it's very limiting in what it's designed to do in that it's really meant for apps to synchronize uh, documents between its between itself yeah. rather than exposing documents uh, to get access from other applications. So one of the main things I was trying to get across is that there are tools available that allow you to open files in situ yeah. so that you don't have to go through this rigmarole of importing and exporting That's and have right, multiple yeah. copies of files. Which mm-hmm. Dropbox, um, although um, you know, it's, it's still the de facto standard for file sharing, um, they still haven't opened it up fully to all applications so they can yeah. open files in situ. Mm-hmm. Uh, which iCloud Drive does and iCloud Drive is getting better and better but I also covered Box as well because Box, yeah. Box has actually made huge strides recently. Yeah. You know, so that's mm-hmm. good. How do you find, um, do you use OneDrive at all, the Microsoft product? I don't, you know, I don't. I have got it. I mean, I've got accounts on all these yeah. things over, the, over the, when I've tried it, but I've never really tried OneDrive. Um, it's, it's, I find it interesting because if you have an Office 365 subscription, mm-hmm. while OneDrive is the default, they actually yeah. have quite good Dropbox integration. It's oh, almost right. like they're saying, Oh yeah, we we recognise our solution's not very good. So yeah, yeah. so use the other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's lots of that, and this is one of the reasons why it's so complicated for people. You know, you yeah. just you don't really know which is the the easiest one for you to go with. I think if you're a big um, Office 365 user, yeah, it might well be worth sort of sticking with OneDrive and, and yeah. going with that. But may, uh, I, may yeah. I ask Dan a question? Sure. Yeah. Do you feel that the Apple approach to the cloud storage and files is a moving? Situation, or do you, because it feels like for the typical home user, the person who really isn't a technical person, it's like, what's really going on here? Well, how can I really make use of this? Because they're just going to change it the day after tomorrow. Yeah, it, it is a work in progress. I, I think someone at Apple has, has made the decision that you know initially when iOS came out that right, we're not going to go down the path of desktop and PCs. We're going to we're going to hide the, the the file system away from users to make it easier, which in some respects is great because it has made it easier for non-computer literate people to start using the iPad, but they uh, they struggle then trying to use multiple apps with the same data, you know, so it's very much a siloed approach. And I think the decision has been taken right oh, taken that that yeah, we, we, we did this originally, but it probably wasn't the best move. So we now need to move to an, another uh, you know, another position whereby the file system is actually exposed in certain mm-hmm. areas. So people can, if they want to, they can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Do you, can I get one more question? Sure. Yeah. Do you have any experience with those little dongles that have storage on them, that yeah. have lightning, yeah. that actually run proprietary apps? Mm-hmm. There's five or six companies from SanDisk to McAlley. Yeah to a couple of others that you've never heard of, mm-hmm. and they develop their own custom interface that's very similar mm. that allows you to effectively create a hybrid system. Do you have any experience no. with that? I haven't, actually. No, no. They've been pointed out to me before, but I've not had a chance to actually play around with any of those. Um, but again, with, with sort of covering things on the show, um, I do try and keep it to um, the standard so mm-hmm. that you know, not everyone will probably have access to that. But it's, it's certainly worth taking a look at. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Um, just to move on from that topic, Obviously, um, Don, you're an educator, an online educator. You've got Screencast Online, which is your business where mm-hmm. you uh, do all these videos every yeah. week talking about uh, how to use the Mac and iOS and that sort of thing. How do you find the process of preparing for a new version of iOS and and, and Mac OS, as it's now yeah. called? How do, I mean, do you... Obviously, it must be a lot of work, but you approach that with excitement or trepidation when you see the WWC thing and, yeah. they, and they've got oh, all no, of that no, stuff it's, there. It's definitely uh, excitement. I, you know, I enjoy yeah. finding out new things. I, I like seeing what Apple are doing to, to improve things. Yeah. So what I, I tend to do is I, I will get the beta and, and try it out for a couple of months. Yeah. I don't really cover the beta versions. Um, I tend to, to wait until they're released, and then yeah. I'll hopefully have something ready for on release day that I can sort of give yeah. out. But no, I, I enjoy finding out new things, and yeah. it's, it's always 
always only, and also it, it fills lots of space for me you know yeah. in, in that part of the year <laughs> yeah. it's great I don't have to worry about what topics to cover because do it's you, now, now you use a subscription based model for, mm-hmm. your, for your site yeah. um, do you find you get an uptick in subscriptions towards the end of the year when a new version of hardware um, and software is coming or is it difficult to say steady? really yeah, it's, fairly, it's yeah. fairly constant throughout the year uh, there's like a free trial as well so that right. sort of sort of mediates things and smooths things out anyway because yeah. you know, people will try the, take the free trial and try it and if they take the free trial during that time they get access yeah. to the content and mm-hmm. if they don't want to continue with that's fine yeah so okay. it's um, don't really see a huge peak at that right. point right okay point. Uh, and obviously online recently there's been an awful lot of debate about the, the slow update of the current Mac lineup mm. um, and I presume in your line of business doing a lot of video you use a lot of heavy heavy iron yeah yeah so i mean what's your view on that are you finding it are you frustrated that the the pro line is not getting the love that perhaps you think it deserves not really although i do a lot of video it's it's fairly it's it's not heavy duty stuff right um, i mean each show each week is about 45 minutes and yeah. i actually use ScreenFlow for all the production for the screencasts uh-huh. and that's that's a great app i mean the only the only bugbear is the 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 length of time it takes to export the file once yeah. it's all edited. I mean, editing and everything is, is unaffected by the hardware, really. You know, any modern Mac can, can handle it quite easily. Right. But again, the export process, I mean, you're talking, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Oh, right. Know, it's, so, it's, so there's not a lot of time to say. Not really. There, no. But I am frustrated, though, because obviously, you know, you know, we all like to see the new and shiny stuff when yeah. it comes out. And I can only think that there's something sort of big behind the scenes or something major that's that's stopping them from releasing you, you yeah, yeah I mean at this point you're almost like you know, the, the mythical you know here's a Mac covered in unicorn tears <laughs> type thing because we've all been waiting for so long that's but, right uh, that's right yeah. but they know they know what they're doing um, I'm sure they do yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. it would be nice to see something sooner rather than later okay so um, just before you go Don tell us exactly where we can go to find your uh, your site and your information and more about you sure yeah well they can always go to screencastonline.com that's the, mm-hmm. the main website and that's where the uh, uh, the weekly shows are published. Um, yeah. There is also, uh, as, as I say, there's a free trial there if you want, people want to try a trial membership. There's like monthly, quarterly, and annual subscriptions. Yeah. Membership includes uh, the Screencast Online monthly magazine, which is an iPad, iPhone magazine that they get each month. Yeah. And that's packed with articles, not just the videos that I produce, but articles from other contributors. Uh, there's also a number of apps now as well. So we have um, a members app for the Apple TV. So if members can oh, actually right. watch the videos on the Apple TV, which people really love. They, yeah, they, um, they really love that on the Apple TV. Cool. And there's also also an iOS app as well called the uh, SEO Showcase, and that's for non-members. Uh, if you don't want a full membership, they can actually go download the app, see some free content, but also they can purchase individual tutorials on the fly Excellent. using in-app purchases. Which Loads again, of options. Yeah, yeah, there are plenty of options. And Brilliant. there's another app coming out soon for members, which will be like an ability to download things offline and, and watch it separately. Cool. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, lots going on. Good to see you, Don, and, and uh, I very much, having done it myself, I very appreciate the effort you made in coming here and. and yeah. Joining no, Max it's good. So, it's yeah. Max Stock's a, a great event. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll see more people here next year. Great. Okay, good to speak to you. Cheers. And Tech Fan, the final. 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 Yeah, we're uh, we're going to break the equipment down now so that um, Guy can go and do his pitch. Yeah, he's using. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, podcasting. Yeah, and he's going to be demoing some of the stuff that we're using. We're using his equipment, David. Yeah, and uh, I've, I've already been looking on Amazon how much I can buy some of it. Yeah, it's nice stuff. I like it a lot. Um, you know, I've been using the same equipment for 10 years. Yeah. The same mics that Chad Perry and I were using. The same little breakout box that I wrote my audio through 10 mm-hmm. years. I don't have a reason to upgrade, but I, when we came here to MacStock, David, I didn't want to lug my laptop. No. And no, look, I, I wasn't flying like you either. Yeah. I, w- I drove, so it had been very easy to bring yeah. it. But I, I just didn't want to bother with it. No, I was the same. I, I looked looked at my um, at my laptop and thought, should I bring it just in case I need it? And I decided it was too big and heavy for just for the off chance. Well, I was thinking about bringing this little cable I got and mics, but it wasn't working good for me as uh, my interview in Grand Rapids at that Apple store. Yeah. Or Apple specialist store went. And... Uh, I talked to a guy, he said he was bringing his stuff, and I yeah. thought, well, I could just piggyback on his mics and stuff and just yeah, use that. So absolutely. thank you very much, Guy, by the oh, way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Um, for David and I, it's going to be kind of weird. We're gonna, the last episode was released a day, two days later than usual. Yep. This one will come out on time. And uh, But for David and I, it's going to be two weeks before we sit down and record the next one. We've already got a lot of show notes yep. to go over. Some things happening in the the tech world. The whole Pokemon thing is kind of interesting. I almost yeah. I almost killed two guys. Yeah, <laughs> they were um, 
they were chasing down the Pokemon, the po- and yeah. they nearly chased chased themselves down in front of your vehicle. Well, he did. He, the, in, no, yes, in real life, he yeah. guy steps right off the curb, yeah. and I yelled at him. Um, I would say I feel bad about that, but I, I actually I don't. <laughs> um, we love the feedback, though. Yeah. So David and I have remotely done the last two episodes, this one and the last one, here at the MaxDot Conference. We've talked about a lot of topics. I haven't even heard, like, I didn't hear anything that David and I, David and uh, Don McAllister just talked about. So I'm looking forward to hearing that myself. Yeah. I would love to have feedback from you, the listener. It's real easy to do. Simply send an email to the show. T H E S H O W, the show at techfanpodcast.com, or go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a comment right in the show notes. We'll copy them, we'll put in our Google Doc, and we'll read them here on the show. And of course, we're on uh, the Twitter, David. We are at techfanpodcast on Twitter as well. So uh, anything you send to there comes straight to Tim and myself. I do, I do want to say, I didn't mention, I don't think I mentioned on the last episode, maybe I did. I it's kind of a blur after a while. We had audio problems mm-hmm. with the last studio show that we did. Yeah. I thought I fixed it, and I didn't. I did get the feedback. We got multiple emails and stuff on Facebook. I apologize for that now. Um, I thought I had fixed it. By the way, the red light that you were talking about means it's loud. Right. It's a clipping because David thought it was running out of battery. It, that's a that's a clipping. It means I'm I'm a hot mic. Are you sure? I'm because a even, hot mic, yeah. Even if you don't speak, it's still flashing. Well, it's because the gain is probably up almost all the way. Okay. So anyways, we were aware of the audio problems. I still released it. Look, there are no rules to podcasting, yeah. but we still would like to have non-annoying... <laughs> Steps will be taken. <laughs> yeah, we won't do that again. Yeah. So we're going we're to change things up in the future, starting with the next episode. So if something like that happens, we've got a backup plan. David's actually going to record... On your end, you you're upgrading your podcasting equipment. Yeah, I'm getting some permanent soft put in, and hopefully, it will improve the general audio. You should have waited. You could, and if you'd have waited, you could have sat in on guys talk and learned more. Absolutely. On what not to do. <laughs> yeah. No, that's every week on my Mac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we love the feedback. We love to hear from you guys. It makes us, it, honestly, David. It makes the show a lot easier for us because. And we're not asking for a five-paragraph letter like yeah. Brendan loves to show oh, or we, send we, us, we, like we Bren- love it. We like Brendan's feedback. Sometimes yeah. we cut it down a little bit because uh, obviously it's long. Yeah, we, we want to cut, cut to the salient points of, of right. his arguments, but we, but we love happens, hearing from you, and but, we, like, we like to talk back to people yeah, as well. You know, we but, email back. And, but like Brendan is a great example that he'll say something in his email, and it spawns a whole new conversation. Exactly. On TechFan, and, and that's fantastic. And also as well, collaboration with the listeners, engaging with the listeners is is, is one of the reasons we do this. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just audio. Not everyone could see David's Batman mustache right now. but <laughs> That is an awesome mustache. It, yeah. It, it, it looks like the bat symbol. Yeah, it my, really my does. My chest hair is like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we do have to wrap it up. In 20 minutes, Guy goes on stage. He needs this equipment, and I definitely want to be in there to, heck, or to listen yeah. to his presentation. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, you know listening to the last couple of episodes. Dave and I really do appreciate it. We like I said, we love feedback. What nobody ever seems to do for us, David, is go to iTunes or Google or uh, Google Play and leave a review of the show. So we really would love to encourage you to do that. It helps us boost yeah. it up a little uh, bit, and makes it more visible. And, and I'm really tired of having to go and do that myself. Yeah, creating those, those fake, fake accounts, accounts oh, takes so a, long. Yeah. Such a pain, yeah. So uh, again, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you in a week. <laughs>